0: Water organizations around the world, including Xylem, have dramatically increased their focus and investment on innovation to solve water as it relates to the COVID-19 pandemic. One important way Xylem is stepping it up in this area is by partnering with the Water Environment Federation to sponsor the association's first chief medical officer. Dr. Andrew Sanderson, a graduate of and professor at Howard University College of Medicine and a gastroenterology specialist at Howard University Hospital, joined WEF as the CMO earlier this year to help further research and solutions in understanding how COVID-19 and other diseases are spread in wastewater. Here's the discussion. Okay, and welcome to Solving Water Asylum podcast. I'm Amanda Holloway. Your host, and joining me today are two very special guests: our very own Al Cho and Dr. Andrew Sanderson, the Water Environment Federation's Chief Medical Officer. So, I just want to start by saying how wonderful it is to have you both on the show. And typically, I like to start by having our guests talk about what they do and their backgrounds, and and we will get to that. But we could probably talk for an hour alone. Dr. Sanderson, about your experience. And, you know, plus I I know that our friend Travis Loop, um, the host of WEF's Words on Water podcast, covered that with you in some detail a couple months ago. So um, for those of you listening who want to get a deeper dive into Dr. Sanderson's background, I'll put a link to that. That podcast from WEF in the show notes. But that being said, you know, we want to have some sort of introduction here. So, if Dr. Sanderson, if you can kick off a Cliff's Notes version of your background and um, your various roles, that would be great.
1: Okay, sure. Uh, so, Amanda, thank you for having me. You know, it's exciting to finally get this done because we've been working on it for a little while. Um, I'm a gastroenterologist, I've been practicing. Uh, for about 13 years uh, in different settings, academic medical centers, I would have Howard University for six years. Um, I've also practiced in private practice and with large integrated medical centers. Um, and the interesting part about this and my work at WEF is that you know usually I'm seeing patients who are coming in with symptoms, right? So I see the end product of all you know, the work that um, has been done but also the issues that come up uh, when patients get sick. Um, so for me to uh, be in this role and try to to work on improving, uh, so maybe I can even put myself out of business, then uh, it, it's exciting to uh, to work in this capacity.
0: Fantastic. Well, welcome. And Al, I know your role at Xylem recently changed, so congratulations on that. Um, but if you can update our listeners on what you do for Xylem now, that would be Awesome.
2: Uh, sure. Hi, my name is Al Cho. Um, I'm our Chief Strategy and Digital Officer at Zylam, uh focusing on enterprise strategy and also our approach to the digitization of uh, water infrastructure. And I just uh, want to say again how excited I am to uh, be on the show with Dr. Sanderson. I mean, who better than a gastroenterologist to help uh, really look out for the health of uh, the people who are responsible for wastewater and the uh, environment and public health? It's a uh, a really wonderful opportunity for us to learn from Dr. Sanderson and work with him. And uh, so let's go ahead and dive in because I'm sure our listeners really want to hear from him.
0: Absolutely, and I think the the question of the the moment is really just how are you doing and uh, how have things been going this year? Especially, you know, you've come into this role um, in sort of a a, a very interesting year. Um, so and I know things are just start. <laughs> yeah, and things are just yeah. really starting to get underway. So um, just want to see how how's it going.
1: Uh, it's going great. You know, I feel like I've uh, received a lot of uh, support and encouragement from everybody at Web. Um, I've even had some um, interesting discussions uh, with uh, some of the team at Xylem, um, and just learning about the water sector um, has been, um, you know, one of the The difficulties, but also the joys, right? So, this is not something that, um, other than seeing patients with waterborne illnesses, something that I spent a whole lot of time thinking about. I remember I did a a paper when I was uh, in graduate school, um, basically on stormwater pollution, uh, which is something I've always been interested in. Um, But learning about all the different facets of the water sector, um, I actually even uh, took a trip to. Uh, Blue Plains, which is the advanced uh, wastewater treatment plan here in D.C., so that I could, you know, get a visual on all the different uh, components to, you know, what that entails. Um, so this year with uh, COVID and, you know, trying to kind of wrap my uh, mind around, you know, what the best ways to address uh, COVID are for wastewater treatment workers, um, working with the uh, CDC on wastewater-based epidemiology, it's been a lot. You know, the old cliche is, you know, you're drinking from a fire hose and uh, it's been, it's been close to that.
0: Well, um, we're so pleased to have you in this role. And one of the questions that I have is just what drew you to apply for this position? And I know know, I'll get to Al to you shortly to ask uh, about kind of how this all came about, but um, what, what, what interested you in, in, taking this role on Dr. Sanderson? Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know whether it's, I have a lot of intellectual curiosity or whether I have ADHD, um, but I like to learn about, you know, a lot of different things. And, you know, I was practicing, you know, medicine GI for you know a number of years and then decided to go back to school because I was interested in uh, health policy and public health. And in that space, I became Uh, more interested in environmental health. And so when this opportunity arose for me to kind of work on a different skill set and to, you know, expand my knowledge of uh, ways to keep people healthy, um, you know, I jumped at the chance.
0: That's great. So then Al, if you can um, help us understand a little bit more about the position, I know you were the leading voice in Xylem in terms of bringing Dr. Sanderson on board as the WEF chief medical officer. So, um, how did you come up with the idea? Like, what was your vision for this?
2: Well, I, I, that's actually an easy question because I didn't. Um, this was really uh, a wonderful example of an idea kind of emerging from a team discussion about how we could be helpful during the pandemic. You know, as the pandemic really began to develop, uh, Patrick, our CEO, you know, urged us really to look externally and to reach out into the uh, industry, the sector, and see where we could be most helpful. And we reached out to the Water Environment Federation because it represents so many of the frontline workers uh, in the industry, um, the people who uh, make it happen every day, um, and who have been heroes in ensuring the resilience and Safety of wastewater during the entire pandemic. And so we reached out to um, WEF uh, and their leadership. And it was really over the course of a dialogue between a number of people at Xylem and at WEF where, you know, we all started from the basics. You know, we really care about the health and safety of the wastewater community that is out there every day, ensuring that uh, people uh, don't have to deal with uh, untreated sewage in the streets. Um, you know, the crack about gastroenterology, you know, the, the human intestine is the fountainhead of so much of what we deal with as an industry. And uh, the people who are out there um, managing it so that nobody ever even has to notice, right, that this complex and critical infrastructure is functioning when so many other things are challenged. But we wanted to make sure that there were resources available to protect their health and safety. And that was a bedrock value that both WEF and Xylem share. And one of the things that in our conversation with WEF leadership really came out loud and clear uh, was that there was confusing information and guidance about um, really what was safe and what was not. We saw a lot of threads of discussion in the wastewater community about what was safe and what was not. And, you know, even in the public kind of government discussions around frontline workers, we didn't always see mention of water and wastewater workers. And those were all gaps that were really important. Because when OSHA and CDC and other organizations are making choices about the safety of frontline workers, uh, we want that to be grounded on sound medical guidance for the wastewater community and the water community at large. And so it was clear that there was a little bit of a gap, and it was a gap that we thought WEF was really well-placed to fill. And so it was really a privilege for us to get to work with uh, WEF in developing the idea and uh, supporting the organization in creating a role, which, uh, again, we were just really excited that um, came to be filled by Dr. Sanderson.
0: Was it always um, a gastroenterologist that you wanted to have in this role, or was it sort of a, it just open to whomever in the medical field?
2: Uh, it, it neither. It wasn't really open to whomever. We were looking for really a deeply credible voice in medicine, public health, um, who had the stature and the vision and the experience to um, really speak as an authoritative voice um, for the wastewater community. And so, um, you know, we um, really uh, left it t- to Wes and the experts there to uh, kind of take that uh, broader set of, you know, visionary criteria and identify the best possible candidate for their role. And that's exactly what they did. That's awesome. Yes.
1: I think a lot of what we see in medicine has to do with trust. We're trying to modify patients' behavior, and you know, even if it's to get them to take antibiotics, if they don't have trust that the provider, you know, cares about them and their health, um, or that they have, you know, the expertise to pick out the the correct treatment protocol, then the patients won't take it, and they won't get better. Um, and in the same way, I think that uh, the public health and health policy spaces, um, it's important that they work together. Um, but we also need you know, the experts in a particular field. So the pollution that creates uh, disease and disability um, in the water sector needs the experts from the water sector. Um, so the blue ribbon panel, for instance, that was put together by WEF had both people from academia as well as uh, individuals who are practitioners. So I think that, you know, public health obviously works the best when, you know, all of these minds come together to to look at problems and, you know, address it from, from different vantage points. And then, you know, as Al alluded to, when it's working right, you know, no one notices, right? Because, <laughs> because people are healthy and, and things, are, things are going along uh, as they should. And I think with this pandemic, um, you know, it's just put, all of us on high alert to uh, the fact that we need to create systems which are uh, interchangeable and, and uh, which function together.
0: And so Dr. Sanderson, what, you know, what's kind of the first thing that you're focusing on? I know, like I said, that you just really started to dig into the role um, recently here, just with all that's going on this year, but what are, what's your first project or your first uh, focus area?
1: All right. So I started in July um, and it was right on the cusp of uh, WEF introducing the findings of the Blue Ribbon Panel. Um, So I had an opportunity to independently review those uh, findings um, and just discuss, you know, what my uh, thought process was in terms of, you know, the best way to uh, present the findings um, and get the word out to the wastewater treatment community so that um, as I said, people would, you know, trust what WEF and the Blue Ribbon Panel was saying, and and try to implement some of um, some of the the guidelines uh, therein. Uh, so that was the first thing uh, that they had me work on, which you know was great because it gave me an opportunity to interact with a, a lot of the uh, individual water sector uh, thought leaders, um, so that I could, you know, uh, get, you know, a lot of um, uh, knowledge from their experience and then you know as I mentioned before uh, working with the CDC so that's the kind of the next wave um, in a sense that the CDC has been developing a national wastewater surveillance system um, as a way to um, understand you know all of the data that comes in uh, through um, you know the the wastewater and, and using epidemiology um, as know, as a, a tool to predict when um, and what areas uh, there are spikes in COVID, but you can also use it for, for other infections as well. Um, and then also to try to tie that data into uh, public behavior data, right? So uh, one of the really interesting parts of uh, the work right now is trying to understand, okay, if in a certain community, uh, through sampling, quantitative sampling, we're seeing an elevation in uh, sars cov um, um, What are the people in that community doing? Are they um, swiping their credit card at bars and restaurants? Or are they swiping their card at the grocery store? And then trying to you know, correlate those two to, to see you know, if that's the reason why we're seeing a spike. Um, so that the wastewater-based um, epidemiology is the next step. And then as an offshoot of the Uh, blue ribbon panel, uh, there were some questions that um, were yet to be answered about the incidence um, of infectious disease within wastewater treatment workers. So I'm fortunate enough uh, to have a graduate student uh, from Howard University working with me, and we're beginning to develop uh, research protocols to try to answer that question.
0: Wow, super, super fascinating, really interesting in and, and a tall order, I would say. That's a lot of work to have uh, kicked off just in a few short months here. Um, I was wondering if you would be so kind as to um, help our listeners and myself uh, just understand what the Blue Ribbon Panel is, just so we have a good idea okay. of what that is.
1: So uh, the Blue Ribbon Panel, again, was uh, a group of individuals. Uh, they were uh, academicians, uh, there were practitioners within the water sector that were brought together to evaluate um, biological hazards and provide information on it. So, um, I think, and I don't want to speak for the leadership at Web, but I think that you know the main impetus was um, you know the outbreak of SARS-CoVid. However, their uh, charge was not only to look at SARS-CoVid, but all the other you know possible infectious. Um, Um, diseases that can come from wastewater. So those individuals came together. uh, They reviewed data from OSHA, from the CDC, from the World Health Organization, and then came up with recommendations. Um, One of the biggest questions was, um, is uh, wastewater infectious, right? That was, we know that we can find the uh, genetic material, the RNA inside of wastewater. And that's what helps us with the wastewater-based epidemiology. But just because you find the genetic components to the virus, does it, that mean that that wastewater is infectious? And so far, the data has said that it is not. We've not found infectious um, virus. So that, that made the cell a whole lot easier, right? To to talk to uh, wastewater treatment workers, and you know, for me to feel comfortable telling them, you know, it's safe for them to do their jobs knowing that you know, we had not yet found um, infectious virus. Now, just because you haven't found it, doesn't mean that it's not there, which is why you know, there's continuing research being done on it. But in the interim, we know that if, you know, uh, if anyone wears protective equipment, that's why we've been having this you know, months and months long discussion back and forth about masks, right? Um, so telling workers, Make sure you're wearing your personal protective equipment so you can you know protect yourself from this very serious disease. Um, you know, I, I think that um, being someone who, you know has no real vested interest other than their health, um, you know, allows me to to speak forcefully um, in support of the Blue ribbon panel. Um, and hopefully that will um, you know convince, most, if not all, uh, to follow the recommendations.
0: And and what you know, just in the like I said, short time you've been in this role, um, what have you found to be um, one of the bigger challenges you've seen, or maybe one of the more surprising things that you've learned?
1: Wow. Uh, yeah. So um, you know, it, it's disappointing to me, and uh, Alan and I have talked about this before. You, Part of my roles in the past, you know, I used to be the medical officer for uh, Health and Human Services, uh, the Office of Minority Health. And in that role, um, I spent a lot of time looking at health disparities and talking about health equity. So, you know, in the same way, water equity to me is, is extremely important. So one of the most surprising things to me, you know, I know that worldwide, um, there's a You know, a percentage, 30% of people who have, you know, um, no access to clean water, which I I think is obviously, you know, way, way too high. Um, And then 60% of people worldwide, you know, with no access to safe sanitation, which, um, you know, obviously leads to disability and to disease. Um, But to know that in this country, um, there are areas, you know, in uh, the rural South, for instance, in Alabama, for instance, where individuals, still don't have safe sanitation and they're you know struggling because you know they're they're fighting from two ends one is that they don't have the money for septic tanks and and things that would protect their health Um, and then on the the other hand the uh you know leadership or the um the local government will actually you know Tax them, or fine them, or put them in jail if if they find them with these kind of rudimentary, um, you know, sewage systems that they've set up. So it's like being in a rock and a hard place. And again, in this country, you know, with all the resources and all the technology and all the innovation, um, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow. And I think that um, I'm very interested over the course of uh, my you know tenure as the uh, CMO for Web um, to a uh, try to address that more and more.
0: We're definitely, as a company, um, continuing to look at um, every opportunity to, to reduce those numbers that you just shared, those stats about um, folks not having access to clean water. In fact, um, we've partnered with uh, the Chris Long Foundation's Water Boys organization. They're actually drilling a well for a community in uh, Jacksonville Texas as we speak right now that don't have access to clean water and so we've done um, a couple projects with them this year so uh, you know it's it's heartening to see that you know you're interested in, in in changing this picture domestically and abroad and that we're certainly doing that as well. To hear more discussions about challenges and trends in today's water industry, tune in to our other shows on Solving Water, a Xylem podcast, including In the Field with Gould's Water Technology about issues impacting the residential and agricultural markets, Through the Water Cycle, a series reviewing every aspect of the water utilities segment, from treatment to monitoring and reuse, And the Bell & Gossip podcast focused on HVAC and plumbing systems for commercial building services. Stream, download, and subscribe for these episodes and more. So, Al, what what do you think at Xylem? What are some ways that we're working with Dr. Sanderson right now?
2: Yeah, it's a great question, Amanda. You know, the important thing is that Dr. Sanderson uh, is really a um, leader within uh, WEF, and Xylem is supporting WEF. And so we're looking for ways to learn from Dr. Sanderson and the work that he's leading to support WEF and Dr. Sanderson and to amplify the voice and the findings that come from their work. And it comes down to, you know, the just synergy of the values um, that we see between the organizations. You know, first principle, safety is one of our core values at Xylem. Human health is at the core of our mission and sustainability is at the core of our strategy. And so that makes it really easy for us to look for ways where we can be supportive and help amplify uh, the work. And specifically, you know, I think this all started with a concern for worker safety, and that obviously, as Dr. Sanderson mentioned, will continue as a, a major area of focus. But I think one of the things that um, we've learned, uh, even over the course of the last couple of months, is there's so much more right to be done and to be examined from this emerging field of wastewater epidemiology that Dr. Sanderson mentioned, all the way through to, Again, uh, this uh, theme of water equity as health equity, it comes down to some of the basic things that we've been working on, even at Xylem, where you know, these questions of affordability and resilient infrastructure tie directly to questions of health equity and water equity. Just you know, For example, there was a study that came out recently that was looking at uh, the rise in ER admissions for gastrointestinal diseases up in New England associated with heavy rainfall. And they were able to demonstrate that there was a really strong correlation between heavy rainfall events and ER admissions where there were CSOs or combined sewer outfalls that were near drinking water sources. Those are questions of health equity, of infrastructure affordability, of resilience, and ultimately of water equity. And those are the kinds of questions that I think uh, Dr. Sanderson's work is really bringing Uh, To the fore, and as you mentioned uh, recently, just this question of access to effective sanitation infrastructure isn't just a question for, you know, emerging markets or abroad. It's also a question right here in the United States. Um, There was a a good report that came out, I think it was last year or the year before, um, by the U.S. Water Alliance and Dig Deep uh, about closing the water access gap in the United States. And there's a remarkable number of people in our country who don't have access to reliable sanitation or water infrastructure. And those are all challenges with health uh, and with equity. And so you know, to the extent that we all share this commitment to making sure that water issues are not a constraint to environmental sustainability or prosperity or fundamentally human health, um, as well as the safety of the people who operate the infrastructure that allow us to survive as a civilization, there's just so many different avenues that we'll uh, hopefully be working on together for a time to come.
0: I I want to just turn quickly to Dr. Sanderson and ask about some of your experience, both in gastroenterology, but then also your work in public health with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Are there any standout experiences that you've had in either of those uh, areas that you're, you're bringing with you to this role?
1: Well, I I think with gastroenterology, um, as Al mentioned, um, you know you have upwards of thirty-two million acute gastrointestinal illnesses per year, which are waterborne. Um, It might be Giardia from somebody who's been, you know, swimming in a contaminated lake. It might be somebody who's, you know, traveled out of the country and consumed water and gets traveler's diarrhea. But you know, it's real in a number of senses. You know, some people are like, oh, you just get some diarrhea for a few days. Well, you know, um, <laughs> tell that to the people who are suffering from it. Um, you know, they lose work. Uh, that's a loss of productivity. Um, so it all, you know, ends up, you know, affecting you know the community as a whole uh, more than just that one individual. So I, I think that, you know, as much as in my role as a physician—I want to, you know, re- reduce disease and death and, and suffering. Um, then, you know, going to the source, the root cause, um, is much better than trying to treat patients one at a time. You know, that's a, um, a philosophy in public health. You know, going upstream. Um, so, from that standpoint, you know, I, I have a kind of real understanding of how important uh, this work is. Um, at the US Department of Health and Human Services, I think that um, the interesting part of that is that coalitions I've seen uh, help to get things done. And what I mean by that is um, a lot of times we would have stakeholders which would come uh, to discuss a particular issue. And you know, when there were multiple organizations, as I said, from academia, from the community, uh, from uh, specific interest groups, and all of their voices were in concert, then there was a lot more action on the federal government side in terms of uh, putting resources toward it and trying to get the problem solved. So um, I think that one of the things that I would like to do in in this role uh, working with WEF um, is to try to form coalitions, whether they be with uh, public health departments uh, or with academic medical centers around the country, uh, which are focused on water born illnesses and try to, um, try to address um, them head on. That's
0: great. Al, what kinds of plans do you have for this position um, and any associated programs heading into 2021?
2: Well, in the first instance, you know, our hope is that um, uh, 2021 brings uh, people back together. (laughs) Because I think uh, the, uh, the pandemic will hopefully, Uh, find its way to a close. And as that happens, you know, we're really looking forward, for example, to WEFTEC coming up next year, which I think would be a really natural uh, forum for us to uh, support, again, WEF in um, amplifying the results of the Blue Ribbon Panel, um, but also in terms of highlighting some of the um, kind of initial work with CDC and others that um, WEF has done. Um, more generally speaking, we're just in a learning and listening process right now to figure out where are the spots where we can be most helpful. And uh, so, uh, all I can say is uh, stay tuned. Uh, maybe uh, we'll get invited back to do another podcast with Ananda and share uh, some of the big successes in 2021.
0: I would love nothing more than that. Um, what about you, Dr. Sanderson? I know you have several several programs already underway and 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 initiatives, but anything you see already coming for next year that you'd like to implement?
1: Well, you know, I'm looking forward to continuing uh, WEF's relationship with Xylem, specifically on the kind of innovation side. So, you know, uh, having uh, Al as a partner, I think is uh, it's wonderful from my standpoint. You know, I think that we really have to identify the areas in the country where the infrastructure needs are kind of the most prevalent and you know, identify those groups which are kind of suffering the most and try to um, put whatever resources, you know, we can as, uh, as a community, water uh, community together uh, to try to address those. I think that, you know, with everything that's going on with the pandemic, with the economy, um, you know, the, the last thing that, you know, people want to worry about is, you know, turning on the faucet and you know, not having clean and safe water to drink. Um, so I think that, you know, as much as we can do you know along those lines? Um, I, I'm looking forward to 2021. 20, <laughs> uh, definitely looking forward to 2021 yeah, uh, right? as a way to uh to to mitigate some of these issues.
0: Well, fantastic. I mean, anything I missed that you want to touch on before we wrap up here?
2: I would just personally like to make sure that uh we have the chance to give uh Waltz and his team at WEF a big shout out for making this happen. Um, they've been great partners and uh, really have brought a lot of leadership to a space that uh, you know was in some trouble and needed it. And so um, really uh, hats off to the team at WEF um, and also for uh, hooking um, up with Dr. Sanderson um, and bringing, I think, a powerful new voice into uh, the, uh, the discussion around uh, wastewater and health.
0: Absolutely well said, Al. So, really, really great speaking with you both today. I really appreciate your time. I know you're super busy. Um, like Al suggested, I would love to be able to check in with you again next year on a future podcast episode as to how things are going. Um, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. And as I mentioned in the intro, I've included a link to Dr. Sanderson's podcast with Weff's Travis Loop in the show notes as well as a link to more information on this role and Xylem's overall COVID-19 response efforts. Also, love to hear from you. If you have ideas for guests or show topics, please contact me at amanda.holloway at xyleminc.com. Thanks so much, both of you.